welcome to Generic True Crime Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Nick. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I don't know why I bother asking since I live with you and I know everything about your day. Yeah, I literally know what you But do. tell the viewers. That's, that's why. Yeah, I, 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 I don't do Did anything. I say viewers? Tell the listeners. Yeah, I hope people aren't viewing us. That would be creepy. Because <laughs> I'm in my pajamas. Same. All right, what are we talking about today? So today we're going to be talking about the Pied Piper of Tucson. Pied Piper of Tucson. All right. Want to wanna jump into it? Yes. So I'm going to set the scene a little bit. So Tucson, Arizona, this takes place in 1964. And at this time, so this, at, at this time, lots of retirees were going to Arizona, you know, to the warmer states, just like they do, you know, that's, that's what old people do. And me. I wouldn't mind that. I know. It's no. cold. God, no. I'm a Midwesterner. Okay, so lots of retirees were moving to Arizona and other warmer states, and a lot of these retirees, they were also taking um, a lot of jobs to supplement their income. They were taking jobs, you know, like at grocery stores, they were doing cashiers, they were doing waitressing, and those jobs that they took, they're also jobs that high schoolers would take. So, I'm sorry, our dog just... (coughs) Or dog, I don't... I Generic true crime podcast, where you can hear a dog hacking. Yeah, please, just ignore that. So a lot of these jobs that they were taking, they're also jobs that high school students would have. But a lot of these older people were taking the jobs away from high school students, so these students, they didn't have jobs. They had a lot of free time. And also, these students, this was like in the beginning of the baby boom. So there were a lot of kids. A lot of kids with a lot of free time. That's so right. That's just kind of setting the stage um, for this time period. So we are going to um, talk about this girl. Her name is Eileen Rowe. She is a high school sophomore in 1964. She's an overall good student. Um, She lives with her divorced mom in the um, Tucson area. Um, So one night when Eileen's mom, she went to work. I think she was a nurse. And so um, Eileen, she's supposed to be studying for a test, but, you know, she, she sneaks out. Did you, so she snuck out when her mom was at work. Did you ever sneak out when you were in high school? Uh, yeah, once. Not when I was at home, but I was sleeping over a friend's house and we snuck out. Okay, what happened? Uh, let's see. It was me, my friend Giovanni, and our friend Jorner. We were sleeping over Giovanni's house, which I know that probably sounds weird with two boys, but these were two gay guys. Okay. Just, I don't know if that. They did not want your parts. Yeah, they did not want my parts, exactly. Um, anyway, I was sleeping over at Giovanni's house with Jorner, and um, Giovanni's like, let's go to a party. And so we ended up sneaking out and going to a party. It was fun, from what I remember. Okay. It was an under-18 party. How old were you? Do you remember? I was 14. Her mom thinks Mary is a bad influence. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know, like, I'm sorry, you can hear a dog in the background. Um... So I don't know if Mary did, you know, hung, hung out with older people, or I don't know exactly why her mom did not think Mary was a good influence, but she didn't. Anywho, so Eileen hangs out with Mary, and Mary is dating this guy. His name is Charles Schmidt, and Junior. So Eileen, Mary French, Charles Schmidt Jr., and um, their John or Charles friend. His name is John Saunders. They all go um, drinking in the forest, which I guess is what what teenagers did. Like, I I grew up in the suburbs, and 
for you know our drinking in the desert that was drinking in the forest um so i'm guessing like i i hear them drink they drink in the desert i know i hear that's it. weird when i heard that i'm just like that's so odd but i know you're in arizona where else are you gonna drink at we drink in a fort which i guess drinking in the desert is maybe a little bit more safe than drinking in a forest because we had coyotes and raccoons and who knows what else i'm it, sure they have plenty of wildlife out there that would affect if i mean if something like came along their way oh i'm sure but it maybe was a little bit more clear maybe I and don't know. You grew up in we, the, you grew up in the city. So what was your equivalent of drinking in the desert? Drinking in the alleyway? Uh, well, I didn't drink as a kid, so my first drink wasn't until nineteen, and that was like in my friend's basement. A so house drinking, party. not a party, just drinking in the basement. Okay. I okay. guess that would be it. Okay. That's my experience, at least drinking in the basement. Okay. That was our go-to. Your go-to. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, so they all go drinking in the forest, and Charles Schmidt, he's going to be the one that we're going to be focusing on for this podcast, he um, had intended that he was going to kill Eileen Rowe during this outing. And so Charles and John, they kill Eileen while Mary French sits in the car, waits, listens to music. And that was the first murder. And now I'm going to talk a little bit about um, our man, Charles Schmidt. So his name is... Charles Howard Schmitty Schmid Jr. I'm going to call him Schmitty Schmid for the most of this um, podcast because that's kind of hilarious. You can also hear our dog tapping in the background with her nails. Um, we're just getting, our viewer or our listeners are getting so much of our dog today. Um, well, Roxy's the third host in case you, you forgot. True, true, true. Roxy's our third host. She's a little rat terrier and cheeky wow. That's right. Okay. Anyway, back to this podcast. Um, Schmitty Schmidt was an illegitimate—I can't say this word—illegitimate child. Illegitimate. Okay, and he was adopted by Charles and Catherine Schmidt. They are owners of a nursing home, and they are pretty wealthy. Which that got me thinking, like, okay, so obviously if you own a business, you're gonna have some extra money. But like, if you're an owner of like a nursing home, like you were, like that just proves the point that like nursing homes are so overpriced and like they're making up huge bank yeah. of health. I wouldn't imagine somebody to be rich off of owning a nursing home, so that's interesting. I actually because um I had my great grandma was in a nursing home and, and I know like I don't remember the like, specific numbers because I was a kid, um but I know it was pretty very, expensive. It's very expensive yeah. in the care. I mean, you know, it's, it's at least the um nursing home my great grandma was at. It wasn't like. Everything seemed to be up to standard and everything, you know, nothing was grimy, but still, like, I'm just like, okay, we're paying this much for this? Yeah. Anywho, so Schmidt Schmidt is, uh, he has very wealthy parents. Um, he is um, a poor student in high school, but he did okay at gymnastics, which I don't know why I'm bringing that up. I thought that was a little funny. Well, I did read that he was, um, he was athletic and he was a strong, strong kid. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so he was described as good, a good-looking dude, which... Um, everybody, look up Charles Howard Schmitty Schmidt Jr. Because um, I'm not going to comment on his specific looks because beauty is, you know, kind of subjective. I have the beholder. I personally did not think he was attractive. But yet again, um, this is a guy who would alter his appearance, right? Oh, definitely. Like, he was going for a look. Yeah, he definitely had his own look. Without his, well, he would wear makeup that was not flattering No, it didn't, him. yeah. It, and it looked... Without makeup, no, not at all. Without makeup, though, he he wasn't handsome, but he wasn't like the worst looking thing. Yeah, he was an average looking dude without the makeup. But yeah, he dyed his hair black, 
and he applied this like huge um mole like beauty mark mm-hmm. and it no it did not look natural at all um some of my so one of my sources is my favorite murder the podcast and in this podcast they mentioned that he was obsessed with elvis he wanted to look like elvis so he dyed his hair black got a little mole I even heard that, so, um, he had a clothespin, and he would tie it to, or not tie it, he would clip it to his lip to kind of give him a weird That pout and he'd look, yeah, yeah, like Elvis. Yeah, and that reminds me, so I, I've heard that girls do this, girls who want to thicken their lips, like, they'll kind of put, like, a bottle cap in between their lips and just kind of, like, suck on it. That's weird, I've never heard of yeah. that. You've never heard that? No. Okay, I've, I heard that on, um, someone on Instagram, because this one, um, woman who was a white woman, she had really puffy plump lips and everyone's like how do you get your secret because let's be honest white girls were not known for having what's your lips. secret to full luscious lips yeah and she said that she like puts a bottle cap and just kind of sucks interesting i don't know if that works um yeah so anywho um also charles schmitty schmidt he was also five foot three and he was really insecure about his height so what he would do, he would crush beer cans and newspapers and put them in his boots, and it would add, you know, maybe a few inches. That just seems really uncomfortable. Beer I cans? Can, I wouldn't want to walk on that. Yeah. Just to add height? No, that's horrible. No, like, I remember sometimes, like, when I would buy shoes that were a little bit too big for me, I would try to put some tissue paper in the toe so they wouldn't be, like, falling off me. But though even that was uncomfortable. I can't imagine walking on crushed beer cans and newspapers. Neither can I. Okay, and then um, Schmitty Schmidt, he was a ladies' man. Um, he, I, Surprisingly. I'm guessing, yeah, he, I'm guessing he was charismatic. Uh, and also, you know, he did have money, so that definitely helps. But he was a ladies' man. At one point, he had two different fiancés he had proposed to at the same time. Oh, wow. Yes, but um, so he had convinced both of these fiancés that they needed to get jobs and open a joint bank account with him while he spent all his money. So, now this reminds me of our um our previous boy Malcolm Webster. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, these men just love another one who doesn't want to work for his money. Yes, Which all I about hand me up. Yeah, hand, and like handouts. Yes. Yeah. Charles Schmitty Schmidt, he had money, so I'm just like, why would you want like your girlfriend's? I'm guessing they didn't make much, you know. Like he he, he was kind of you know he dated young girls. He was 22 and 23 when this takes place. Yeah, he had dating, a thing for teenagers. Yeah, he was dating girls who were in high school still. Most of his friends were teenagers, too. Yeah, which we, uh, yeah, so he, yeah, he was kind of an oddball in that way. So his parents, they had bought him a house, and they also gave him a um, $300 a month allowance. And $300 in, what is this, 1964? Yeah. This actually goes to 2500 in our money. So can you imagine, like, having a house... $2,500 a month, and, and you don't have to spend that on your house. That must be nice. That must be nice. Um, so he had all this extra money to blow, and then he was getting money from these teenage fiancés. Um, one of the things that he did, oh, and he did not work. Let me mind you, he did not work. Um, and one of the things that he would do to pass his time by, he, you know, he would drink a lot, and he would drink with, like, high school kids, which, you know, you're 22, 23 and you're popular with high school kids because you buy them alcohol. That's a little creepy. Yeah, I don't know why he couldn't find friends his own age, but yeah, he did enjoy hanging out with the well, teenagers. I just think he liked young girls, which is creepy. True, but still, all of his friends were teenagers. Yeah, true, true. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so that pretty much describes, um, well, one other thing. He was a, he would brag about himself like crazy, and a lot of the things he said, you know, wasn't really true. So people, his, even his close friends didn't know exactly what was true and what he was just bluffing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one of the other women that he, or shouldn't even say young ladies that he dated was a girl named Gretchen Fritz. Um, she was 16. She had wealthy parents. Um, she was sort of a, a troublemaker, a bad girl. Well, this is his favorite <laughs> woman, a wealthy troublemaker? Yeah. Teenager? Ooh. She had somewhat of a wild lifestyle. She went to a private school and was a troublemaker uh, there and in and out of school. Um, she went to a lot of parties. She drank a lot. And she stole for fun. So it seems like they were kind of a power couple oh, <laughs> in a way. A huge power couple. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, they dated for a while, but eventually their relationship kind of went south. Um, however, they still remained a couple. Um, they did fight like crazy, right? Even when they were still, like, they would still be Yeah, they, fight like they were, crazy. like, butting heads a lot from what I've read. It um, seemed like their relationship was very passionate. They were either crazy in love with each other or crazy mad at each other. Yes, exactly. It's a good way to put it. Um, so, yeah, they remained a couple even after their relationship kind of went south. Um. It could be partially because uh, Smitty Smith had... Is it Smitty Smith? Smitty Smith? Well, good old Charles. Name, yes, good old Charles. His last name is Schmid. Smid, okay. And so, I don't, I don't know. Well, Charles had actually told, um, told her about killing Roe. If they broke up, she would end up telling on him. That is a huge piece of information to tell someone, like... Hey, I murdered somebody. Yeah, like, he could be afraid that Gretchen could tell on him, but then also Gretchen could be afraid to break up with him because she could be like, oh, shit, he's killed someone. He could kill me, too. Now, I couldn't find any information as to why exactly he told her. I don't know if he he did it because he just liked to brag about this type of thing. Exactly. Yeah, or if he, like, used it to, like, threaten her, like, hey, if you leave me, like, look what could possibly happen or look what you, I'm capable of doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, August 16th, 1965, Gretchen told her parents that she was taking her younger sister Wendy out to see a Elvis Presley movie. Elvis shows up a lot in our podcast. I would never think... This is actually really the Elvis podcast. I know. I would never think a true crime podcast would have a few mentions of Elvis in it. Yep. He's, he was popular at that time. What can we say? Um, so they went to go see the new Elvis Presley movie, and uh, they actually never came back home. Uh, it's unclear exactly what happened um, between them leaving their home and going to see the movie, but they did end up getting murdered by by Charles. Him, um, and I think he got one of his friends to murder them, though, or was it just him by himself? Okay, couldn't exactly find that exactly, but um, he did end up murdering two girls and burying their bodies out in the desert. Um, Smitty, since he liked to brag, he actually told another friend of his, a guy named Richie Bruns, about these murders. And he, okay, he even asked them to help bury the bodies in the desert. Um, Bruns kept quiet about this up until a certain point where he started liking this girl. And he got very paranoid and he decided to come forward to police about the murders and where the graves were just because he was afraid that... Howard would do something to the girl that he liked, that he would target her. Um, he, this happened on October 1965. He came forward, 
and he even told about the road killing as well. So, in 1966, um, Charles was found guilty of murder and sentenced to death. Um, it wasn't until 1967 that the Rose body was found. So he was sentenced to death, but eventually Arizona abolished the death penalty and the sentence was changed to 50 years. Well, interesting enough, um, Smitty, he actually attempted multiple escapes from, from jail and he actually su- succeeded once on November 11, 1972. He escaped with another murderer by the name of Raymond Hudgens. Uh, they had held four people hostage on a ranch and they had eventually split ways for some reason. Um, so, But they were eventually captured and he was sentenced back. It wasn't until March 10th, 1975 uh, that Smith was actually murdered by two inmates and he was stabbed 47 times. 47 times? Yes. Oh my God, they really wanted to make sure he died. Yeah, that's insane. I can't imagine what that must have looked like. Definitely. So when I was doing some reading, I found something that was a little bit interesting was that, um, you know, Schmitty Schmidt loved hanging out with high school kids. And at the time, you know, Roe had been killed and then Gretchen had been killed. And so people in the high school, a lot of them knew something or they suspected something, but nobody came forward. That's right. I don't know if it was just out of fear or if they just didn't want to be considered like a snitch or whatever it may be but on the my favorite murder podcast um karen mentions that like they did not want to become a snitch Mm. which you know that was the case then yeah Yeah. so i i mean nobody likes a snitch but there's a difference between snitching like like hey this person cheated versus this person murdered somebody yeah exactly which isn't like it's weird that's weird to think yeah i would never tattle on someone for like doing something small but if someone was murdered and I know information I can never hold back that information yeah that's that's horrible um and so you know this these two murders were committed and this did have like a lasting effect on especially the teenagers in this town this was um you know in the 60s and this was kind of the like the area that I personally feel like the generation like there was a divide in the generations the older adults they were looking down on teenagers and they were looking down on young adults and they were just they thought they were wild they thought they were crazy they thought that they needed to be tamed this was the time you know charles manson happened um not too not you know pretty close to this era Mm -hmm. um the who you know great band the who they had wrote a song um or they had published it or not published put out an album and my gener the song my generation was on that song or on that album um everyone go listen to that song right now it's great but it's pretty good. It this feels like to me, this is like when I see the evidence of like the generations just looking down on young teenagers, and you know I feel like that kind of happens. You know that that's happening since then. For sure, definitely. Yeah. So that is the story of Charles Howard Smith Jr., aka Smitty Smith, aka the Pied Piper of Tucson. Um, my sources are Wikipedia and My Favorite Murder. My sources are also of good old Wikipedia. I also found two good articles from Tucson.com and NY Daily News. And where can you find us? So you can find us on both Instagram and through email. So if you'd like to email us with some feedback, you could email us at generictruecrime at gmail.com. 
or find us on Instagram at generic underscore true underscore crime underscore podcast at its and Instagram. And you can find us on Spotify. Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you do you have anything, anything else? Uh I do not. Do you? I have nothing. All right. Well that that was our episode. Thanks for listening, guys. We hope to hear from you. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.